Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. All right. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, are you ready for the podcast? We are ready. You're, you look a little distracted. I know. I'm sorry. You guys, she's staring at her phone. I know. Are you expecting an email to come in about a snow day? I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? Oh. Well, you guys, we here in Massachusetts yes. just had our first major snowstorm. I Probably mean, on the East Coast, the first major snowstorm, I right? We had snow a few weeks ago. I mean... That wasn't a storm. No, this is the big one. Yeah, this is the big one. I mean, so we have a couple of feet out there, and I love it. It looks so awesome. It's very fun. It's very mm-hmm. festive. We actually just were out in the snow. Right, and Kelly almost got her car stuck. <laughs> Can we not say that part? <laughs> well, it's my driveway. It's your off. driveway. I have to get my boys out to, to shovel. Yeah. But yeah. it was so pretty with the lights right. and the snow. And Christmas is next week, so this oh means gosh. we are going to have a white Christmas, which I love. I mean, can you pick a favorite tradition or just something mm. that you really, you know, look forward to for Christmas? I don't know. I mean, it does decorating the tree count? I mean, I love decorating the you tree. Too. Yes, and my family will help, but I usually just rearrange everything anyway. <laughs> um, a lot of our traditions focus on food. I mean, yeah. I make eggnog cookies every year that I love, mm. and I only make them at Christmas time because that's the time where you can buy eggnog. Right, right. I really don't make them any other time. Um, one of my favorite things to make is Nana's fudge. Do you make Nana's recipe? I have in the past. Yes. I used to like give them to the teachers for gifts and stuff. I just haven't in a while. I mean, it's the best fudge it's recipe. It's so good, and Carrie. Our, so our grandmother, she she had this recipe, and it was very specific <laughs> and very technical. So you have to like stand at the stove and stir your fudge. And I want to say it's for like 13 minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, it's some weird number. And I would like set the timer. <laughs> set the timer. And don't leave that yeah. stove because it needs to be constantly sort of circulating in the in the pot. Yeah. yeah. Now, Nana really wouldn't want to share her recipe. So don't ask us for the recipe. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could share it at this point. But yeah, it's a, it's a well-loved family tradition. Yes. Yeah. All right. What about you? Is, is yours about food, too? I mean, it could be. I, there's so many things. Like each Christmas morning, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the the gifts are out, you know, in the living room. Mm-hmm. And so the kids sit on the top of the stairs. Right. And and I, like, take pictures. So I have years of pictures of them Aww. at the top of the stairs. In their jammies. In their pajamas. You know, it used to be that they just all could, like, kind of bundle together. And, and then it was, like, stop someone from, like, crawling away. Right. And now they're so big, they right. can't really fit together. They have to like be in front of each other but they the kids know it they're like come on let's take the picture on the stairs so Aww, we can go downstairs that's yeah awesome. yeah that's awesome. we have the pictures to, to remember them right, each year right. yeah. yeah i mean honestly one of the things i love about christmas is our christmas eve service at church mm-hmm. i just it's one of my favorite services it's a little quiet it's mm-hmm. dark yeah. um, and we have candles everywhere and so you know because of covid we are still going to have service you know right. but it's going to be different it's going to be smaller we're not going to sing Right. You know, so it's a, it's it's different. So I wonder if it will feel, you know, still Christmassy. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it will. You know, but I, I mean, at least will. I get to see you and the family. Yeah, we'll we can, all be in church. We can together. all be in church together. Yeah. This time. 
So, of course, we're talking about our Christmas traditions, but technically, we're still in Advent, it, Kelly. We are. <laughs> we are. We're still in Advent. So, when does, like, Christmas start? Is it New Year? Is it Christmas Eve? Well, I mean, we light a candle each Sunday. Okay. So, it's a candle for hope, the first week, peace, joy, and love. Right. And then on Christmas Eve, you light the center candle. And I think that right. starts Christmas. So, you light the Christ candle. Yeah. Advent is now over. Yes. And Christmas begins. And Christmas begins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Christmas lasts till Epiphany. So right. I just, I love the the themes of hope, peace, joy, and love. I think it's the things that Jesus brought with him, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and it's the thing that he's also promised us. Mm-hmm. So I have a little quiz for you, Carrie. <laughs> oh, there are our pops. Okay, a pop quiz about Advent, about Christmas. I have found some famous quotes that mm-hmm. you may or may not have heard from. Oh. And you have to tell me if the missing word is hope, peace, joy, or love. Okay. 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 I can do this. Just fill in the blank, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When you feel like blank is gone, look inside you and be strong, (laughs) and you'll finally see the truth that a hero lies in you. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's a Mariah Carey song. It is. And the word is hope. You got that right. (laughs) Okay. Here's one. Mm -hmm. Blank is like water. We can fall in it. We can drown in it. And we can't live without it. Uh, Now that has to be love. It is love. (laughs) All right. These are fun. Okay. How about um, the blank of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace, right? The peace of God. That's from Philippians 4, 7. That's a great great verse that brings a lot of encouragement to Mm -hmm. people. Once you choose blank, anything's possible. Um. I say joy. No. It's hope. Once you choose hope. And that's a famous quote by Christopher Reeve. Our last one. Mm -hmm. Find out where blank resides and give it a voice far beyond singing. For to miss the blank is to miss all. Are those two blanks the same thing? Yeah, they're the same one. All right, I'm going to say joy. Yes. Good. That was a quote by Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah, and I loved that there was this musical component mm-hmm. because our hymn for this week is Joy, Joy to, to the, the World. world. Yay! <laughs> I hope you're cheering because you guys picked it. You picked it. <laughs> we had polls going on Facebook and Twitter and on my personal page and on your personal yeah, page. Even mom shared it. I know. And so we got a lot of votes and it seemed like they kept voting for Oh Holy Night. <laughs> So I don't know if people got it. People don't read the directions. (laughs) No, we we gave them a choice of five. Yes. Which a few people asked, why not just let us choose anything? But the truth is, is that there are so many songs. I know. We didn't think we could get a winner if we just let you pick. But I think Oh Holy Night would have been the winner. And we did that last week. And we did that last week. So So today is Joy to the World. Yeah. And it is, and I don't know, I just feel like it's, it's it's happy. It's joyful. This is a celebration song, right? Yeah. And I read that it is the most published hymn. Yes, in North America. Yeah, I, it's published in like eleven hundred hymnals. Right. And there's no other hymn that is published that many times. Right. Amazing. I know. I thought that was so interesting. I'm sure everybody knows it, but let's sing a little bit. Okay. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room 
and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. I hope you were singing along. Oh, great song. Great song. And just full of energy and full of enthusiasm. I actually don't love this song for an, a week of Advent because I feel like it's too loud and celebratory. Yeah. It is a Christ, you got to sing it on your Christmas Sunday. Which, you know, that's so funny because this carol <laughs> was never intended to be a Christmas carol. I know. That's I mean, it's so kind, weird. It's so weird. And when you really dive into the words, mm-hmm. you can really see that it never mentions Christ's birth. Right. It never mentions mentions the manger or Mary. It doesn't mention the star in the or, sky. Or angels singing. No, it does not. It just says that there should be joy because the Lord is our Lord is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but he's actually referring to the second coming. He's right. He's actually referring to Jesus coming to earth the second time. Yes. In fact, so funny. we're going to talk a little bit about Isaac Watts. Yes, he wrote it. But he gave it the heading, The Messiah's Coming and Kingdom, (laughs) meaning, you know, Christ's triumphant return and his establishing his kingdom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't the first time Christ came. It was, it's the second time. Which is so amazing. Mm -hmm. I just think that uh, it's that music. I actually think the music is sort of celebratory and joy, so joyful mm-hmm. that it makes us think it's a Christmas hymn. I feel like it's the music that does it. Yeah. You know, that first opening line, those first eight notes, right. <laughs> um, are a descending major scale. M&Ms, always fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our M&Ms are musical nerd moments. For anybody who's listening for the first time, Kelly and I love music. We both love music theory. Yes, so we're both music teachers. Yeah, we're going to dabble in a little theory here. This is a descending major scale. Right. Most of you have heard of like the Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do, right? This is from The Sound of Music. Right. (laughs) Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. And then backwards. Do, Ti, La, Sol, Fa, Mi, Re, Do. So those syllables are sort of the building blocks of music. And I teach my students solfege, Mm -hmm, absolutely. mm -hmm. And so when you hear this song starting with a descending scale, it's really kind of funny to think that someone put a scale in the song. You don't hear it that often. Because a scale is just, you know, how you warm up, these technical exercises for your fingers or for your voice. So we just sang the solfege syllables backwards, right. which is actually a little bit harder a than doing ha- it forwards. Yeah. But, you know, I, I tell my students to practice forward and back. Right. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Do, ti, la, sol, fa, mi, re, do. Just to get it in their head. And I tell my students that they should do the musical alphabet forwards and backwards. So they should be able to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, G, F, E, D, C, B, A. Right. Forwards and backwards. So we, you know. It's similar, similar yeah. lessons. Joy to the World, interestingly enough, is a great piece to try to learn to sight read or to practice your sight reading. It has the scale. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have a ton of jumps. Jumps. It really moves stepwise. So students, you know, can practice their sight reading. All right. Well, do you want to show everybody how to do it in Soulfish? Uh, sure. All right, so the beginning is the backward scale. Mm-hmm. Do, ti, la, so, fa, mi, re, do. So, la, la, ti, ti, do. Do, do, ti, la, so, so, fa, mi. Do, do, ti, la, so, so, fa, mi. Mi, 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 fa, so. Fa, mi, re, 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 mi, fa. Mi, re, do, do, la, so, fa, mi, fa, mi. Ray, do. 
M&M's. Always fun. That's pretty good. That's a huge musical nerd moment. Yes, it is. But I think, did we just lose all our listeners? <laughs> when we were in college taking music theory, oh they made us do that all the time. Basically, every song, yes. you should be able to sing with solfege syllables. Yeah. And I remember going, why is this important? Yeah. And choral directors pass out the music and have them work mm-hmm. on their solfege. It's very helpful, especially if you're trying to get a group of people to sing a, a foreign language. Right. So before you're even trying to pronounce those words that you can't pronounce, right. Right. just just learn the song on solfege. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So there you go. So this song, there's actually some confusion here. I mean, people want to say that um, Handel wrote it. Right. People say that a man named Lowell Mason wrote it. I mean, what's really the story here? And our hymnal says that it's written by Georg Friedrich Handel. Right. We know him from Handel's Messiah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's played a lot at Christmas time. Right. And we know it from his water music, which I think is probably one of the best collections of Mm -hmm. pieces. You know, maybe that with... You know, Vivaldi's Four Seasons or something. Right, I mean, right. really, really good. So um, we look at this and go, did Handel really write the music of, of... Right. And if he wrote it, why isn't he getting full credit? Like, what did Lowell Mason do? Right. So the story is that this Boston music teacher named Lowell Mason took these snippets, took these little melodic fragments from the Messiah... And he actually put it together to create this song. Right. And he had the music, the harmony. He thought it was really pretty. And eventually, he found just the right words to go with it. Lowell Mason found the words of Joy to the World, written by Isaac Isaac Watts, Watts. and put them to his music. And it fit perfectly. So, I mean, Lowell Mason, is he stealing from Handel? Is he copying Handel? I mean, how do we... Just look at this and say, oh, Lowell Mason wrote a song. And do you listen to it and go, well, it's just a coincidence. He just, right. he, it's just a coincidence that it kind of sounds like some phrases that were written by Handel. But after we did a little bit of digging, no, Lowell Mason is a huge fan, a huge admirer of, of mm-hmm, Handel. Mm-hmm. In fact, he, Lowell Mason was living in Boston, and he was the president at the time of the Handel and Haydn Society. Right. Oh, so yeah. it's no coincidence. Ha- it's no accident. So a little fun fact about Lowell Mason. <laughs> I mean, we have, we learned about him. He's the father of modern music education. That's right. We learned about him in our music ed classes. I mean, mm-hmm. what we do in our classes for, for music teaching comes really from Lowell Mason. I mean, he's actually called the father of American church music and the father of public school music. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Two so, important titles. And they're justified. He did a lot. So let's learn a little bit about him. He was born on January 8th, 1792 in Medfield, Massachusetts. Mm, Not that far. Yep. Another local guy. He loved music and he always worked in music. But at the age of 20, he moved to Savannah, Georgia to be a clerk in a banking house. Mm. Now, while he was in Savannah, he definitely was still writing music and he was keeping in touch with the Boston musicians. And he worked on a collection of church music. And this is all with the Handel and Haydn Society. So this collection of church music gets published in 1822 and his name was not on the collection at all. He said, and I quote, I was then a bank officer in Savannah and did not wish to be known as a musical man, (laughs) as I had not the least thought of ever making music a profession. Wow. Now, this book is so popular that he's persuaded to just come back to Boston. (laughs) And he was appointed director of music Mm -hmm. at the Hanover Street Church, the Green Street Church, 
and Park Street Church. Right. And he took turns at each, spending six months right. at each church. And I'm just wondering, like, when he left, were they like, we want him back? Yeah, like, what did they do right. once he left? Who yeah. was there to help them? Um, in 1827, he became the president and conductor of the Handel and Haydn Society. Mm-hmm. So he lived in Boston for many years, 26 years, and then he moved to New York. Now, while he was in Boston, he founded the Boston Academy of Music. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the Handel and Haydn Society performed Handel's Messiah mm-hmm. many times. Right. Lowell Mason would have been conducting it. Mm-hmm. He would have been in on the practices. He would oh. have been in on, in on the performances. He knows it. He knows it very very well. So he takes like maybe his favorite little snippets mm-hmm. and he puts it together. Right. So that's why we say that the music is written by Handel, but Lowell Mason is the one who pieced it together in the way that we have Joy to the World. Right. If you listen to the Messiah, it should sound familiar to you. There should be little in moments, in little moments. moments where you say Wow, that sounds like Joy to the World. Right. And maybe on our social media we can share some of the excerpts. Absolutely. So like we said before, he has this music and he's just waiting to find the right set Mm -hmm. of words. And finally he comes across the poem written by Isaac Watts. Right. All right. So let's just do a timeline, Carrie. The first time we see anything is by Isaac Watts. Right. And he's super important. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. He writes these words. 1719, a book called The Psalms of David Imitated in the Language of the New Testament. And and like we said, they have nothing to do with Christmas. No. Nope. No. Nope. And then in 1742, mm-hmm. Handel writes his Messiah. Right. You know, so we, we're hearing that. And then throughout the course of the next 50 or so years, there's lots of tunes that are happening. Mm-hmm. Tunes that we are now have now forgotten. Right. And then we get Lowell Mason's version from 1848. Right. This, this is like 130 years later. Right. And... and Lowell Mason finds the words and decides that he can use them. I mean, it's amazing. Right. And it's really a compilation of all of these very talented and knowledgeable men, Mm -hmm. you know, because we really should include Handel in there, even though he had no idea that this was, you know, coming. He had no part in it. Yeah. Both Isaac Watts and Handel were not alive when Lowell Mason wrote this. Right. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start with these awesome words Mm -hmm. by Isaac Watts. He was born on July 17th in the year 1674 in Southampton, England. Mm -hmm. Now, Southampton is kind of an important place. So Southampton is um, on the coast, and it's really where all the trading ships would come in. This was a place, a bustling area. And um, because of this being like this entry point, um, it was really the place where the plague started. So the bubonic plague uh, is also referred to as like the Black Death. I mean, it was kind of mixed with pneumonia and other viruses. I mean, scientists even think it could have been like an Ebola virus. Um, But either way, uh, it it, does not exist anymore. No. No. And it just went through England and it killed about 40 percent of the population. And Southampton Mm -hmm. was hit particularly hard. Right. The, it's not a huge town. It went from the population went from forty two hundred people mm-hmm. all the way down to three thousand people. Right now, mm-hmm. nobody knew it at the time, but people we now believe the disease was spread by the fleas that mm-hmm. lived on black rats. Yeah. Now, in June sixteen sixty five, we have the last great outbreak of the plague. The mayor tried to self isolate the town so that it could just stay contained. So at least half the population, up to seventeen hundred people, are claimed to have died. 
Wow. And the rich people and the clergy fled the town. Right. Yeah. And so after the epidemic, um, they actually fined the deputy mayor and 16 officers for not being there, for being absent during the crisis. Mm. Yeah. And King Charles II donated money and tried to help build up the town. Um, but in 1670, it was reported that the town had never been in so low and mean oh. a condition. Yeah. So he was raised in this the aftermath right. of this. Right. He was also raised during a time where there was great pressure to conform. Right. So we know that this is the Church of England, mm-hmm. um, and they wanted everybody to go to their church. Now, Isaac Watts grew up in a family where they were nonconformists. Right. They were also called dissenters. Right. This was a huge time of persecution for the Christian faith. In fact, Isaac Watts' father was in and out of prison many times in his life. Right. And Isaac, as a child, would, would really go to prison and talk to his dad. Mm-hmm. I would say that 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 experience really shaped Mm -hmm. Watts. Mm -hmm. He ended up becoming a pastor. Mm -hmm. He ended up becoming a hymn writer. And he worked for dissenting churches in London. He did. And writing hymns and writing poetry was a huge part of his right, life. Right. In fact, he we have a poem that he wrote when he was only seven years right. old. He was seven years old, and the mother like didn't believe that he was going to be as good as po- at poetry as right. he, as he claimed to be. So she sat him down, and she said, uh, "Write me a poem, right in here and now. Do it." And he immediately <laughs> composed these ten lines. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, let's hear. He wrote. I am a vile, polluted lump of earth, so I've continued since my birth. Although Jehovah grace does daily give me, as sure this monster Satan will deceive me. Come, therefore, Lord, from Satan's claws relieve me. Wash me in thy blood, O Christ, and grace divine impart. Then search and try the corners of my heart, that I, in all things, may be fit to do service to thee and sing thy praises too. So there's beautiful vocabulary right. and meaning and theology here. I mean, the, we, the we rhyme have, scheme. Yeah. We have been around seven-year-olds a lot. <laughs> yes. Can you picture one of them writing that? Now, what's most amazing here is that it's an acrostic. And if oh you gosh. look at each line, it spells out Isaac Watts. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that's a, that's fun, a fact. fun fact. <laughs> So, so well, was his mother impressed with that? I think she was amazed. Okay, good. I think he. She, I think she was amazed, and so, um, and so I, we'll share this on our social media. I feel like people need to see right. and those li- how they line up and right. spell out Isaac Watts when you read them down. them down. It was almost like he was saying to his mother, "Like I got this, mom. Seriously, yeah. mom. Seriously, <laughs> I can do this." <laughs> when he was sixteen years old, he complained to his father. He said that the church church was singing boring songs mm. he thought you know every every week we like sing a little bit of the psalm or whatever and he said that it was monotonous and boring and his father turned to him and said if you think you can do better you should and that's sort of what started him on his path that's great that's yeah. great and i also you have to remember mm-hmm. that at the exact same time there were a bunch of other english men mm-hmm. who were not happy with the church of england and who wanted their own freedom of religion right, right. so who were those people well that's we have another little local connection right. because we have the puritans here in massachusetts mm-hmm. they come to massachusetts they set up the massachusetts bay colony yep. and they want the freedom to worship the way they want to worship. Right. And so they leave this, you know, treacherous Church of England right. to come to America where they can have freedom. But the truth is, is that when they got here, they set up such tight rules right. and high restrictions. Right. To me, it was almost 
an oxymoron. You right. came here to be free, but yet if you didn't go to church, like literally all day on Sunday, there were there were fines to pay or right. jails. They had strict, strict rules. There's a story of this um, minister who returned from being away for like three years. And there was a rule that you couldn't kiss in public. Okay. And when he got home after three years, he kissed his wife on his at his doorstep. And he was placed in the stockade. They had such tight such tough rules. Right. So in here, Isaac Watts is kind of rebelling against the Church of England. Right. But he's staying home he's staying in England. He's staying in England. He produced like over Six hundred hymns. Yeah. What are some other hymns that Isaac Watts wrote that our listeners will know? Oh my gosh, so, so many good ones. But do you know "Oh God, Our Help in Ages of Past"? Of course. I mean, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And I love "When I Survey the Wondrous Cross." Yes. Jesus shall reign. Jesus shall reign as ere the sun. Yep. Um, Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot. That's and so "Joy many. to the World," of course, is is one of them. Now he is actually called the Father of English Hymnody. How needed is it that this one hymn is by the father of American music and the father of um, music education and the father of English hymnody? So he wanted to see revival so bad. He felt it was his mission to Mm -hmm. revive the spirituality of Puritanism. Now, in this, his success was limited because the real revival was to come with the Methodist movement, which began in his later years. Now, he was greatly interested in the cause of religious revival, and he corresponded with our church leaders here in New England. Right. We have writings between him and the famous preacher here in America, Jonathan Edwards. Right. Now, eventually, he began to criticize what they were doing here in the New World. Right. He said there was emotional excess and disorder, and he expressed some concern that some of the preachers spoke in their sermons of the American colonies as this new arena for God's kingdom. (laughs) And he felt like that was implying that the mother country was spiritually dead. Right. So he produced these beautifully scripturally based hymns that revolutionized public worship in England and America. And America. Yeah. And Isaac Watts, it was really important to him that he would paraphrase the scripture. Mm -hmm. It wasn't wasn't like his words. It was a paraphrase of some passage. And Joy to the World is exactly that. Right. I think that you're going to find this so interesting how you see how creative he was, where he found a new way to say what the psalm was saying. The Psalms were really important to him, mm-hmm. and he wanted people to sing them. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to sing the Psalms. Now, there's church traditions around now that sing the Psalms, mm-hmm. and there's publications that are out. You know me. I love when we get to actually sing scripture. Oh, if it's exactly quoted from the Bible, we're going to sing it. Right, right. Isaac Watts was trying to put the Psalms to music in contemporary language, and, you know, we have people doing that today. Right, right. right. Nothing new, but he did it all. A lot. And he was really the first one to do it. I think so. Kind of thinking of this paraphrasing, making things easier for people, mm-hmm. easier to read, easier to learn, um, which easier is, to understand. Which is so funny because we look at his words and they seem a bit like old-fashioned and <laughs> yeah. archaic, yeah. but they were easier. So let's look at Joy to the World. Okay. And let's look at the words, which you all know, you know, probably. I'm sure yeah. everyone knows them and by heart. And see how they are paraphrased from what psalm. Okay. Okay. So the first w- set of words, we've sung it already. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. 
and heaven and nature sing. So the biggest point of this verse one Mm -hmm. is that heaven and nature and the earth will rejoice because Jesus is here. Right. So Psalm 98, one through three. What does the Bible say? (laughs) Sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. So, I mean, that is that joy to the world. Right. Now, remember, we said this earlier that Isaac never thought that this was going to be a Christmas carol. Right. He thought it it was was a shout for joy to the Lord. Yeah. It was just Psalm 98. Yes. But one little line. One line. (laughs) That makes, I think, people really associate it with Christmas is when we say, prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. It could be a little bit of a nod to, you know, know, Mary needing a room. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So that's the only thing because, and of course, joy to the world, the Lord is come. I mean, that's like, you know, Christ coming down. That's the incarnation. Um, But no, really, this wasn't supposed to be a Christmas carol. And it's just that line in the the first verse. Right. I mean— the the psalm and Isaac Watts's words, I mean, it's just talking about how we should be so filled with joy. We should be so filled with joy in God as our king that we can no longer contain it, mm-hmm. that we just have to burst out with singing. Yep. The whole earth is instructed to shout for joy to the Lord. And same in Psalm 98, verse 7, let mm-hmm. the sea resound mm-hmm. and everything in it, the world and all right. who live in it, the rivers should clap their hands, yeah. the mountains, mountains sing, sing together. together. Yeah. 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 So Amazing. that's joy to the world. What does the Bible say? <laughs> all right, let's look at verse 2. Okay. Joy to the earth, mm. the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy. Right. That's Isaac Watts looking at that hymn going, let the sea resound. Right. I love that. I love that. Now, Now, the word resound. What's that? What's that? It actually means to thunder or roar. Oh. Right? So the the rivers clap their hands. Think of the mighty waves of a rushing river just crashing into each other. Mm. This is the noise that the earth is going to make. This is it. Charles Spurgeon calls it the song of the seas and the hallelujah of the hills. Mm. Now, a lot of people might skip the third verse. Okay. Because it definitely doesn't sound Christmassy at all. Right. Right. So it's no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Mm -hmm. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. What does the Bible say? I mean, I guess at Christmas time you don't want to hear yeah. about sin and yeah. sorrows and curses, but of course, that is the story. That right. is part of the story. Um, there is a curse. We are mm-hmm. removed from mm-hmm. God, but Jesus will come and make it new. And we won't have sin, and we won't have sorrow, and we won't have thorns in the ground. Right. This is the one that really points to Jesus's triumphant return. Right. He will come, and he will bring a final and lasting justice and joy to our world. And then what happens? He, verse 4. Right. He comes and he's going to rule our world with truth and grace. All and right. He, let's hear verse 4. Okay. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love 
and wonders of his mm-hmm, love. Mm-hmm. So this is the promise that one day he will rule the world with truth right. and grace, and he will make known the wonders of his great love. And really, look at verse 9 here. What does the Bible say? It says, he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Right. I mean, that's exactly what the hymn is saying. Right. And again, that might not be a Christmas theme to you, but mm-hmm. every time we gather as a community and mm-hmm. celebrate Advent and when we gather as a community and celebrate communion, mm-hmm. we are remembering what has happened in the past and looking forward to the future. And We, as believers, we know the end of the story. We know that he will return. So so there you go. We have the hope because we know he will return. We have joy. We have peace. We have love. In John chapter 1, verse 17, we see it says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. I mean, God judges the world in absolute truth and fairness, and yet he also gives us grace through Jesus Christ. And Jesus paid the full penalty for sin. I mean, he did it for us. Yeah. It's so amazing to me that in 2019, this hymn was 300 years old. Right. Right? It started in it's 1719, so it's 301. Right. And, and, it, and it carried through through those three centuries. Yeah. Different people had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and each person create, had a hand in creating something really beautiful. Right. And now, oh, my gosh, this song is everywhere. It's everywhere. If you're going to turn on a Hallmark Christmas movie, you're going to hear Joy to the World at some point. Yeah, and— it's so interesting because people have really different takes on it. I actually heard like this R&B hip hop yeah. version. Yeah. We'll share that on our social media nice, and they nice. rap in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very different, but very cool. And our kids play like a praise band yep. kind of contemporary version of it. Um, it has lasted a long time. It has a great appeal and people like it. And yep. guess what? It was picked in our poll. So people right. must like it. Now, I did do a little bit of searching. Yes. I love this part of the podcast. I know. Because I I love movies. I love TV. And as a musician, aren't we always, like, listening to the songs? Yes. And I love when Hollywood uses church music. Yes. I think it's so good. Now, yes. my guess is that you could find probably any version of A Christmas Carol <laughs> that has been made and yeah. find Joy to the World somewhere in it. Mm-hmm. But I did find, and we're going to put this up on our social media yeah. as well, the Jim Carrey version of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he Joy to the World happens twice, and it really, like, bookends the movie. And yeah. I, I just think it's so neat that they chose Joy to the World. Because right. A, it's not really a Christmas carol, <laughs> but B, it's about joy. And I mean, who doesn't have joy more than, than Ebenezer Scrooge? Right. Sure. So in the beginning, he is passing by a group of carolers and they're singing the song and he, you know, it makes him angry. He doesn't want to hear the song. Right. And at the end of the movie, when <laughs> he's already been visited by the ghosts, he passes the same group of carolers and they kind of, they're singing Joy to the World again. Right. And they kind of look at him sheepishly like, oh, is he going to be mad? And oh. what does he do? He like you know, joyfully sings along and you could see their surprise. So I love that scene and I want to show it um, to our listeners because I just think, you know, if Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, can sing Joy (laughs) to the World like anyone Anyone can. can. Yeah, yeah. Well, to end our podcast, we have this lovely performance of Joy to the World. Yes. So this is from a church in Missouri called the Word of Life Church, and they are doing all of their worship services remotely mm-hmm. and virtually. Yeah. And so they're putting their music on YouTube and social media so that people can sing along and worship at home. Right. And their praise team did a great job. I love the way they do it. It's actually very low. 
Um, oh. Yeah, it's very low. Our altos who are listening are going <laughs> to yes, love this. Yes, they're going to love it. <laughs> so if you don't like when we start our songs up high, you can love this one. <laughs> nope, this is perfect for you altos out there, for you belters. Um, yeah, so enjoy. This and sing along. Sing along this beautiful, beautiful Christmas carol with words by Isaac, Isaac Watts. Watts. And, and music, music by Lowell Mason, inspired by... <laughs> <laughs> we call that Himspiration on yeah. Twin T- Him Talk Twin Talk. That's Handel's Messiah. I can't believe we forgot to use Himspiration <laughs> earlier. So, in- of course, Lowell Mason was inspired by Georg Friedrich Handel. All right. Enjoy this, everybody. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room in heaven and nature sing. In heaven and nature sing. We will sing joy.
wasn't that so pretty? Yeah. Thank you for sharing your music for us. You can find them on YouTube mm-hmm. and on Facebook. It's the Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. All right. So we are done. And this is our mm-hmm. last Christmas episode. Aww. When we see you next, it will be back to other hymns. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if there's one that's on your mind, send it to us because yep. we're going to start and we need some ideas. We definitely need some ideas. Yeah. So before we go, we want to definitely wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope this music has just been a blessing to you. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this with us. We love sharing hymns with you. Merry yes. Christmas, everyone. Bye. Keep singing. Happy New Year.